Uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and friends beyond the binary. Hey, patrons, I don't think I'm stretching it out to say thank you so much. Uh, I couldn't do this out without you. Uh, and what do you say we get on with the show? Uh, hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep? Well, welcome this is sleep with me the podcast that puts you to sleep we do it the bedtime story all you need to do is get in bed turn out the lights and press play i'm going to do the rest what i'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you could set aside whatever's keeping you awake whether it's uh, thoughts you know things you're thinking about on your mind thoughts of feelings so anything coming up for you emotionally or physically, physical sensations, changes in time or temperature or routine, uh, anything going on inside, uh, outside, or nearby, uh, in your vicinity, even, I mean, a lot of times it's outside of my vicinity that's keeping me up, but it could be something in your vicinity, Vicinity is a weird word. I never I don't, has vicinity ever come up. Is that even the is that the correct word? Scoots, when you say it, it sounds like vicinity. And I say, well, that sounds good. That sounds like a tangent we could go on later if I remember. Vicinity, right? Are you in my vicinity? Vis vorum vis, uh, vis vos vis. I don't know. Is that uh, vicinity is actually? I have no idea. It's not a noun. Is that an adverb or an adjective? I think adjectives end in L-Y, or adverbs do, one of them. Well, uh, I better, I'm in the vicinity of a new listener, so I want to get to them. Hey, uh, if you're new, welcome. If you're a regular listener, welcome back. So good to see you, too. But for you new listeners, I did want to go over a few things before... Uh, you get like before you get too confused. Believe me, you're going to get confused. So a few things. First off, I just want to give you a warning and a heads up. This podcast does not. Not only does this podcast not work for everybody, even the people it works for. Did I forget part of the intro? Did I say I'm going to send my voice across? I already went off topic. Uh, I think I went off. I went off topic before I even got to through the right part of the intro. Sorry about that, new listener. I'll be right back. Uh, What I'm going to do, what I'm here to do. Oh, I guess this is good. So the podcast does not work for everybody, but even the people it works for it. uh, Oh, yeah, because I went off topic about vicinity. So I can get I'll get back to the like the intro. uh, But yeah, not only does it not work for everybody, but for the people it works for, it takes two or three tries. Uh, so that's one thing to know. The other thing to know is that, that uh, you know, that, that what I'm going to try to do is create a safe place where you could set aside whatever's keeping you awake, like I said. And the way I'm going to do that is I'm going to send my voice across the deep, dark night. I'm going to use lulling, soothing, uh, creaky, dulcet tones, pointless meanders, superfluous tangents. So basically, my voice isn't super soothing. It's more ignorable. They say, Scooch, you really, like, you're the one person who who could mix up. If they had a resume, you could think you were putting ignoble down, but ignorable, like, where you're, you're, you, you, that would make sense. You say, well, what are your uh, job skills? Well, I'm ignorable. And I'm not kidding, actually. That is one of my primary skills. Uh, Like, uh, 
keeping a low profile. How would you describe it? Well, I keep a low, I like to keep a low profile. Okay. What was it? Oh, sorry, but yeah, I'm in the middle of a podcast intro. I have to come back to this interview. Like, I guess I was in your vicinity. So I try. So, so, so I'm here to keep you company as you drift off is the main thing. If you're new, if you're skeptical, doubtful, or you're not sure this podcast is for you, like I said, kind of just see how it goes. And as most reviewers and listeners I hear from say, it takes two or three tries because at first you might want to figure this podcast out or you might you might be waiting for it to get started. It already kind of has. And this is like you see, well, when are you going to get to the bedtime story? And I'd say, well, eventually we get there, but you might you might be asleep before I even get to the bedtime story. That's kind of one of the secrets uh of how the podcast just bare the, this podcast just barely works. That's what makes you say, how come your podcast works so well? Well, cause it kind of barely works. And you say, I don't understand. I say, yeah, neither, n- neither do I, neither do I. Uh, so, okay. What was it? I think I had try, I was trying to make a point in there though. Oh, so if you're new, yeah, just kind of look at this podcast like you would a cloud. Like here's the, here's the thing. The, the, this, you know, the, like for me, I overthink a lot. I have a lot of strong feelings. I, I like I tend to think in all or nothing patterns. And a lot of times I feel pressure. I'm a people pleaser, right? I didn't realize this till just now, but like, even when you look at clouds for people like us, uh, maybe you can relate, maybe you can't like looking at clouds with other people who can feel pressure laden at least to me, and I'm not kidding. Like you say, well, what do you see up there? You say, oh boy, I better have the right, like, I better think of something good or this person's going to see right through me like I'm a cloud and they're going to see a storm on the other side, the storm that lives within me. Uh, And now one of those cool storms, they say, well, that's a storm I'd rather not. uh." So then I would try to, like, then it, it becomes, it's less about watching the clouds than trying to you say well boy i better see something cool well i already told him i saw that uh you know the smiley face so i gotta think of something else uh other than castles or clouds come on come up something or you know profiles uh or you what so i don't know if you can relate to that where you say sometimes so this podcast is best like consuming a cloud watching alone with no pressure, because sometimes it's just me by myself and I get that same vibe going where my brain says, can't you see anything? Like, I guess it's the Nana that lives within me. She says, well, don't you see anything in the clouds? And I say, well, clouds and nice puffy. Oh, boy, what kind of imagination do you have? You don't, you know, brilliant people see things in the clouds. And they said, well, I was just looking at the clouds because they make me kind of feel good. Oh, so you're just sitting around looking at clouds, not even practicing. Oh, boy. No wonder your imagination you can't see things in clouds. If you don't see things in clouds, how are you going to see things in clouds? And I say, okay, Nana, you're right once again. Uh, but I was just trying to enjoy, like I was just relax, like I was just being in the moment. Remember how yesterday you told me, I could never be in the moment, and and then I started thinking, tomorrow I'm going to try to be in the moment. And you said, oh, boy, you just don't get it. 
And but then I wrote it down. I said, go and look at some clouds if there are clouds to be looked at. And just look at clouds in the moment. So am I doing it wrong? Oh, boy. I, well, the, you're doing it wrong by saying that. Well, who, who says something like that about themselves? Okay, Nana, this is good. So that's my Nana. Sorry about that. I didn't know she would come in. She That's the Nana that lives within me. She's one of my guys. Like you say, Scoots, what are the guiding principles? that? And I say, well, there's one of them. You just witnessed it. What belief system? This is true. You say, what belief system? Well, the Nana that lives within me, she's one part of my belief system. And this is not sarcasm. I, say, I, do, I have said this to a professional. I said, uh, how come some people, that's part of my belief system, huh? And they just nodded knowingly. And they said, yep. Seven years in, we still got about a lot of work to do. 50 minutes at a time. Uh, but so, ooh, yeah, let's dial it back in here. But I'm here to help, really. Uh, this That's where my experience comes from. But I don't know what I was talking about. Podcast doesn't work for everybody. Oh, just try to consume it like a cloud without the pressure stuff. It, like, uh, I'm here, like, and the reason you don't need to feel any pressure because I don't expect you to perform. Like, there's no need. Like, you don't have to figure things out here. Like, you don't have to listen to me. This is the one podcast you don't need to listen to. And even if you do, it'll barely make any sense. Like, so even if I said, okay, I have a cloud machine and we're going to make clouds that are like trains for the next 20 minutes, you'd say, okay, well, uh, interesting. Maybe that's what tonight's episode, I think that's what tonight's episode will be about. Uh, so just kind of barely listen to me. I guess that's what I was saying. So it's, this is the one podcast you don't need to listen to. If you do try to figure it out, uh, maybe do that during the day because it really, like, that's the one thing that, like, makes podcasts not work so much. If you say, well, when are you going to get to the point? I say, well, if you listen to two or three episodes, you'll realize, or when you, when's this podcast going to get put me to sleep? I say, well, that's the other point I like to make is that this isn't really a podcast to put you to sleep. I'm the companion at your bedside or in your vicinity, like your general vicinity even, that's here to just keep you company as you drift off. I don't so much put you to sleep as uh, escort you while you drift off into dreamland. I just take your mind off of stuff. So that's kind of uh, counterintuitive. This is a podcast you don't need to listen to, and it's a podcast to put you to sleep that doesn't really put you to sleep. It just keeps you company. But it's true. I'm really applying. Like, here's the thing. I respect your vicinity, even though I love saying that word. Is This is like a strange thing to say, but has there ever been a saint vicinity? Uh, that's hard to say. Or like, has there ever been a superhero called vicinity? That would be handy, actually, to say, well, she, she's right here. She's right, like, she's always in the vicinity. Like, that's her power. I mean, it sounds very tiring. Maybe she could have, maybe she could be one of the superheroes that has what are those things called franchises. So she said, well, just, I'm not in like, uh, uh, you know, th that's whatever franchise 27 BCQ. Uh, she'll be there right away. She's probably in your vicinity unless, uh, oh wait, uh, they're not open today. Uh, that's vicinity or the, the hero that's always nearby, uh, the, like, uh, 
that's vicinity, the heroine that's always nearby. And you say, well, what's her powers? Well, she's always nearby, so she comes and helps uh, in whatever way she can. Oh, okay, makes sense. Yeah, it's great. Uh, so anyway, where were we? Uh, I was, uh, oh, so if you're new, don't try to, oh, yeah, I'm here to kind of apply to be your boar friend, your boar bay, your boar cuz, your boar bestie, your boar sib, your boar bruh. Whatever, you know, wherever, you know, if you're, you know, if, if you're on the beach, that's what I could be. Uh, but whatever it is, I'm here to help. Uh, so those are two things. The other thing that can throw new people off is the structure of the show, which kind of makes sense once I explain, over explain it. So the show starts off with uh, greeting, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, friends beyond the binary. So everyone knows they're welcome here and I'm striving to create a safe place for everyone. Then there's business, and that's what keeps the show coming out twice a week. There's about four or six minutes of business or something. Uh, then there's the intro. The intro is about 12 to 20 minutes of me uh, trying to explain what the podcast is to a new listener, which could kind of seem like it doesn't make any sense. You talk about the, uh, the structure of the podcast and introduce it for 20 minutes. And I say, yeah, because it also serves a purpose for the regular listener it's reassuring because you say, okay, there's that intro where Scoots never gets to the point. But he tries, and then he gets fixated on a word like vicinity, or he gets a call. For, you know, Then he goes in for a job interview, imaginary job interview. Then he gets interrupted by his internal nana. Then he has to explain what an internal nana is. Uh, then he tries to go back. to. So it's reassuring. It's different every time. The reason it's different every time is because, in my experience, some of the stuff that keeps me up adapts. So I have to kind of keep changing things up so that it doesn't, your thinking part of your brain doesn't turn back on and say, well, let me think about that stuff again. Guess it's like that song, One Step Ahead of My Nana, One Step Ahead of My Internal Nana, uh, that wasn't in the... uh, Aladdin musical, but it could be, you know, one, one jump ahead of my internal Nana who predicts, uh, but so, uh, so, so that's, what was I, tra- oh, that's what the intro, so the intro is reassuring. It's different every time, but for the regular listener, it's also part of a regular listeners wind down routine. So some people start it while they're getting ready for bed. Other people start it while they're in bed, getting comfortable And it just gives you a chance to slowly unwind. And then the bedtime story starts so that as you're getting cozy and comfortable, you see, you might already be asleep. So this is the one podcast you could sleep through it and maybe it's still working. Like, or you could set a sleep timer or you could start playing it before you get in bed or some people listen all night. Or there's like 2% of people that start the show at 20 minutes and then they listen from there. So there's no wrong way to listen to it. So there, that's the intro. Uh, and then there's this business uh, that keeps the show out, coming out twice a week. Then there's the bedtime story. And then there's the thank yous and good nights. So that's how the podcast is structured. And then what else do you think? I don't think there's anything else you need to know. I mean, this is the reason I make the show is because you deserve a good night's sleep. You deserve a place of respite where you don't dread bedtime. 
And if I can provide that for you, it would be my honor. And the reason it would be my honor is, one, because you deserve it, and the world will be a better place if you're in a place to flourish and and, and, and feel, like, uh, you know, rested. But also because I've been there, tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble, getting asleep, trouble, staying asleep. Yeah, I've been there, all those places. And I know how it feels, especially like you say, well, it's 3.30. I don't really feel like having a chat with my internal nana. Uh, so if I can interrupt that or make bedtime less of a rigmarole or give you something to look forward to or at least take the dread out of bedtime, then I'm doing my job. Now, the flip side is that just just naturally, I'm not everybody's cup of tea. So it doesn't work for everybody. But we do have a lot of regular listeners who say, hey, it took two or three tries. Then I realized the podcast will never make any sense. And that's when I loved it. Because I don't have to listen. I don't have to, like, I don't, there's, you know, Scoots is in my vicinity, but I don't have to placate him by pretending that I'm aware that he's, you know, I say, oh, yeah. Like, I don't have to interpret clouds for anybody anymore. No one ever said that on a t shirt about the podcast, but, uh, you know, I just said it, uh, Nana, I don't have to interpret my clouds for anyone anymore. She says, I don't think that made it. And I said, anyway, so that's why I'm here. It's really my honor to help. Like I said, I work very hard. I yearn and I strive. I appreciate you coming by. And here's a couple of ways we're able to bring this podcast twice a week. All right, everybody. Uh, this is Scoots, and uh, this is a new uh, episode we've uh, never uh, done before. It's another, it's a, like we did one of these. Uh, this is a different kind of uh, uh, podcast where I turn the podcast over to somebody uh, for a podcast. And this is a, a famous podcast that no one's really listened to. And I don't quite understand why, but uh, the good thing is uh, that today we get we get to do this and we get to talk about it uh, and turn this things over to this famous podcast never heard before. Uh, and this one is clouds that look like trains. Not, not remember, this is a different show. It's just clouds that look like trains, not trains that look like clouds. That's a different podcast and a different person that makes it. Uh, so this is the, uh, this yeah, let me just turn things over to clouds that look like trains. Oh, thanks. Thanks for having me on, Scooter. Uh, my name is uh, Zeke, and um, I'm happy to be here. I'm the host of Clouds That Look at, look Like Trains, and we're talking about uh, clouds that look, about, look like trains uh, here, where maybe you'll learn something about clouds, maybe you'll learn something about trains, or maybe... The next time you look at a cloud, you'll wonder, does that cloud look like a train? Could that cloud look like a train? Huh, that cloud looks like a train. And maybe even, uh, you know, that's what we're we're talking about. So I wanted to bring up the first uh, cloud that looked like a train today. And also I title these clouds based on, usually based on songs or things, uh, and this first cloud is uh, what you, you would call a stratus cloud. And just to give you a general idea of a stratus cloud, uh, like a, the, a stratus cloud, you know, I don't actually, 
I'm not a cloud expert. Uh, so I don't uh, actually like zero stratus clouds are uh, uh, clouds you see uh, high in the stratosphere and they're very misty, like uh, almost like a like a high fog, though I don't believe they are high fog. And you've probably seen other versions of it, like an alto stratus, uh, which is in the middle of the sky and then a stratus cloud which would be a little bit lower. But we're going to talk about this Assyriostratus cloud I saw. And a lot of people say, well, if it's a Assyriostratus cloud, what kind of train? And I say, well, not all Assyriostratus clouds look like a train. Uh, No, 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 not at all. Uh, But this one did look like a train. This one, uh, well, not exactly a train or a, a vehicle that goes on tracks, uh, and not only did this look like a train, it looked like a tram, which is a type of train, a street tram you might see in any major city around the world. Maybe you'd call it a streetcar. Uh, and I said, hark the herald angels to sing, because this Syriostratus cloud reminded me of pictures I've seen of street trams covered in different advertisements. Uh, and so I saw the different, like, because so, you say, well, okay, but that's not the, because sh- this, uh, I'm also trying to help overcome some objections people may have uh, so that you can enjoy your cloud viewing m- more fully, I guess, because this is just internal dialogue I have with myself. Uh, it says, well, that doesn't look anything like a street tram. And they say, well, to you, but to me, it looks exactly like a street tram. You see, that's the side of the street tram there. And the sun is over our right-hand shoulder. Uh, So that's the windows. You see, well, those don't look like windows because I can't. You could say, well, you could kind of see people in the the center, uh, top of the third, or... uh, second quartile of the Syriostratus cloud, uh, where those would be the windows of the street tram. But you'd say, okay, because of the reflection of the sun on the windows, that's why it doesn't look like you're, you're just a very clear window or very square. We're dealing with some glare. And then below that is the body of the street tram. And the body of this particular street tram is covered in uh, uh, advertisements for ketchup or ketchup or ketchup, uh, depending on how you spell spell it, uh, a tomato-based condiment. Oh, condiment? Uh, Sorry. Oh, boy, I guess... uh, so the the you see like uh, there's a couple bottles of tomato, there's uh, some tomato pooling and being dipped into uh, by some sort of uh, potato product, I believe. Over there, you could see a picture of what looks like some sort of uh, plant-based patty, and the tomatoes being poured on it uh, before it's eaten. Uh, now you, you may even move over here to the left. I believe those are, uh, like a, a scrambled egg, uh, 
with uh, tomato ketchup being poured on there. And, and so that's that's the main lower body of the car. And you can see it kind of wraps around. Now, one thing to note is this isn't a modern, I mean, this is, looks modern and it's a recent uh, street car. But it is not uh, one of those modern wraparound. Like these are either decals or uh, something painted directly on the body of the car, not one wrap. And not that I'm anti-wrap, uh, and what I mean by wrap is like nowadays, on, especially on buses uh, and some streetcars, you'll see some sort of wrap applied that covers the entire car in one advertisement. It may just be a more efficient way, and they even can cover the windows, but you can still see in and out of the windows, kind of. But that is uh, like... A, uh, and you see, like, I don't know what, har- I, maybe this is a holiday uh, use of ketchup where it says, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Ketchup it makes you feel like a king. Maybe that seems, that doesn't seem okay with me taking that. Uh, that's a religious song, and then you're using it to advertise ketchup. But luckily, this is just a cloud, and it's just my projections onto the cloud, and then reflecting my projections back to me within my mind. And so that's our first cloud, and it makes me wonder where's the street? What where is the street ca- tram? This streetcar. I would like to be taking this streetcar maybe somewhere. Uh, I don't know. I would like to be maybe in uh, Central America. I don't know why taking it and. Uh, well, I would be more taking it in. So I would be somewhere sitting at a table or a bench uh, and just watching the streetcars go by and saying, oh, well, that's a, their ketchup brand. I wonder if that's related to my ketchup brand or not. Uh, but those are all things just in my imagination, of course, uh, just within the cloud. Now, for this next cloud, now this is a cloud, maybe it'll come up more than once, a very popular cloud for cloud viewing. I would say the top, in the top three, if you're going to be like cloud watching, probably number one, maybe number one, maybe number two. Uh, and uh, a lot of them are takes on this cloud anyway. And that's a cumulus cloud, uh, the cloud that does look like puffy stuff, uh, and that's why it's so popular. And this one, to me, uh, uh, I would call it Rachel, this cloud, uh, like Rachel the train. And you, now you may ask me, uh, Zeke, do you watch Thomas? Are you a fan of Thomas the Tank Engine? And those is that why you have such a thing for clouds and trains? And I would say now this is a non-judgmental thing. I just never caught Thomas the Tank Engine. I've seen it a few times uh, in passing, and I never owned any Thomas the Tank Engine toys, and I did, was not a regular viewer. Now, that wasn't by choice or non-choice. It just was by the way things worked out that I just never was really exposed to to it. Uh, 
so me naming, and I'm not sure, so I wouldn't even know other than Thomas, because uh, you might say, well, why are you calling this cloud train Rachel? And I'd say, well, maybe it was my subconscious, because suddenly then I'm thinking about, the like, for a time, there was a type of hairstyle known, I think, as the Rachel, which was based on Rachel from the TV show Friends. And if you were going to say, well, which like which uh, cloud looks like what my mind tells me the Rachel haircut looks like, which was on Jennifer Aniston's head, or it was Jennifer Aniston's hair styled, like which cloud, I'd say, well, this is a different question, but I would say, well, best bet, oh boy, would be, Cumulus would be, again, in the top three clouds, I'd say, which cloud could form where you could interpret it as a Rachel. And I'd say, you mean the Rachel haircut, the the archetypal haircut of a character on the TV show Friends in a certain era of the 1990s? Uh, I would say the a cumulus cloud. And now you'd say, okay, so which type of cloud would you say is a Rachel maybe influenced subconsciously by now that again that was like a show i did not consume a lot of i probably consumed more friends than thomas the tank engine uh, but i didn't consume a lot of friends and i haven't I, like it was more of uh, uh people talking about it or people watching it uh i know scooter has a long he had to make a i think a p- apology to his roommates uh, uh, publicly, I think, on the podcast, and to uh, Jennifer Aniston, and mostly to his roommate and his roommate's sister and his roommate's uh, mother, so Denise, uh, Chris, and Meg. I think he made this maybe five or six years ago. What a strange journey clouds that looks like, trains that look like clouds that look like trains can lead us on. So Scooter... Once upon a time, now, before, like, uh, Jennifer Aniston was, uh, like, like very popular in pop culture, and uh, this was early 90s, oh boy, or maybe the mid-90s, and history probably will back up Scooter's memory in this case, once upon a time... There was an actress named Jennifer Aniston, and and, may, and I think she'd probably been in a couple movies. But she was on a pilot of a TV sh- two TV shows that pilots aired uh, probably in the fall of 1992, or it would be my guess. And Jennifer Aniston was on both of these pilots. One was a TV show called Friends. The other one was a TV show that took place in a diner. And that's all I can remember Scooter telling me, other than that Scooter liked that show. And he held a, uh, he, and the fact that that show got di- didn't get picked up, but friends did. And then that his roommate and, uh, like, he, he, Scooter sometimes, he's gotten better about this, but he really wanted all, you know, like a lot of people, he wants to be right. And sometimes he holds on to being right uh, just a little bit too, uh, especially when he was younger, a little bit too strongly. 
And in this case, he was wrong about many things. One, the, he do, we don't know if the quality of the show was good or bad because he doesn't remember that. He just remembers liking Jennifer Aniston on this diner-based uh, TV show and not liking Friends. Now, that's let's not judge Scooter on that. He, I think he accepts that Friends, like the good and like he has, like he respects everybody that loves Friends and thinks they're very smart and they're right, and he's not. So let me just be very clear about that. But he, at the time, he was not a fan. Now, this was just their inaugural season when it was picked up, I think. And so him and his roommate had a disagreement about it because his roommate, his roommate's sister and mom all liked friends. And uh, Scooter was a little bit, uh, he had a resentment, I guess we could say. And he probably said some things like that he regrets, like, uh, I don't think Friends, Friends is going to get canceled. He probably regrets that because he was very, very wrong. Jennifer Aniston was better on this diner-based TV pilot. Uh, maybe he, she was great on both. Uh, but without that, uh, we wouldn't have the Rachel haircut. But this Rachel that I'm seeing, and again, I could be influenced by any of those things. This Rachel I'm seeing up there. In the sky, in the lower atmosphere, uh, one of my favorite types of clouds. Almost everybody's one of everybody's favorite types of clouds. Uh, this Rachel looks like a track cleaning train to me, and it's not based on the Rachel for Friends, except for maybe I say, well, it is kind of shaped uh, a little bit like the Rachel haircut. Uh, it has like, it's not quite an A-frame, but more of a near an A-frame. And it has a big window in front, uh, flat, like it's flat. It doesn't have the train sticking out the front. Not that it has anything to do with hair, but uh, it's a, you know, it's there for cleaning the tracks. So I'm sure that you'd say, don't you know anything about trains? No, and not really. I know about clouds that look like trains. Uh, is that this train uh, cleans the track. Uh, by what method, I don't really know, uh, because you say, well, that's interesting. Does it lubricate the track? Do train tracks need to be lubricated? Would I mean, maybe probably not, because uh, but maybe every once in a while they'd like to be. Or, you know, like, uh, I don't know, would lubrication get in there and say, well, but then you say, well, you're out in the elements all the time. How often are the tracks being cleaned or is the stuff in between the tracks being cleaned? But I do know that this cloud looks like a track cleaning train and it's, uh, I don't know, it's just that shape. And I said, well, that's a track cleaning train named Rachel. That's just what popped into my head right when I looked at that cloud. Truck, truck, trucking along. Now, this next one is, uh, like, uh, you know, this is one we've kind of, you say, didn't you already cover this type of cloud? I say, no, this is an alto stratus cloud, which is a little bit different than a cirrostratus. A cirrostratus may, is, is in, in my opinion, normally spread out in a, like, a, a an alto stratus is a higher, wispy, misty cloud. But it tends to look like a like a like a prototypical train shape, uh, like a, but a misty train. You'd say like a train 
that goes after midnight. And I'd say, well, in this case, I was thinking more of a train named The Harder They Come, uh, which makes me think of, uh, like, the trains. Uh, you'd say, well, what's the difference between a train and a funicular? I'd say, good question. This is a, a mountain train, which is like a funicular, but I think that a mountain train and a funicular maybe are not always interchangeable. I would say that a funicular is, uh, like, each track... Uh, only goes up the mountain or a, a vertical incline where a mountain train goes through the mountains. So it could go up like a funicular, maybe not at the, quite an angle of a funicular, uh, but it could, it could deal with some steeper angles than a typical train. Maybe it's a cable car. In this case, in my opinion, it's a cable car or not a cable car, like a, you say, you really don't know anything about trains, do you, Zeke? I say, well, I'm a ho- this is my hobby, not my profession. Thank you. Uh, but, yeah, the, one of the trains that has, like, where it has, it, it's connected, it's an electric train. That's, I guess, one of the things I meant, like, and it's connected to the electricity from above. Uh, and you say, well, what, tell me more about that. I say, well, the harder they come. That's what I thought of as a mountain train. Uh, these trains are always working. And because of that, you'd say, well, that would consume a lot of energy, so it's better to be an electric train. Uh, also, in my mind, I associate it with, they uh, say, oh, okay, those are those uh, countries with fancy mountain peaks and travel around there. So maybe they're uh, more electrified than, because they say, well, it's also better for the mountain air if it's an electric train. And I'd say, well, that train really has to do a lot of work going up those mountains. You say, well, to take a break, uh, you better watch your speed, as they say. And it says, well, I, you know, I got I got a lot of work uh, to do here, but that's my job as a mountain train is to traverse the mountains. I guess another probably thing, and this is just my pondering, that would be why it's electric is because it has to go through a lot of tunnels. Uh, that's also better for everybody. You say, okay, then you don't have to think about uh, what is, you know, how, what else is propelling the train. And, and you know, you say, well, we got to have vents for all that stuff like cars. You say, okay, if it's an electric train, uh, then there's no exhaust to have to, like, uh, get out of the tunnel. And now you say, okay, still want some air, fresh air, fresh mountain air in that tunnel. Uh, but it's also pretty nice because uh, that uh, that you get to go through there. In my, I, I don't know. That's just what I think. Uh, you know, I don't have to always be right. Now, this next train is, uh, uh, I'm going to tell you the title of it, and I want to think, I want to see what it evokes in you, Uh, because this next train is called Wait, W-A-I-T, and uh, I just want to see, like, oh, when you think of Wait as a name for a cloud that looks like a train... Uh, what does it make you feel like uh, thinking about waiting? 
and uh, just to sit with that and say, okay, wait. Uh, and I want to create it. We're going to talk about different kinds of waiting for trains probably because Scooter's handing me notes about uh, trains he's waited for, which is different than it would be a different podcast. Trains I've waited for, maybe you should say, okay. But uh, so think about that. And then I want you to think about it, seeing a cloud called the cumulonimbus uh, because that is a cloud you may wait for, especially in the summertime. Those of you in summery areas with humidity and rain that crops up in the afternoons and moisture, you may be familiar with uh, seeing a distant cumulonimbus rising on the horizon. Maybe it has a giant mushroom top uh, pushing up all the way from the lower atmosphere to the upper atmosphere. And maybe at the bottom there's some darkness, but maybe this is on one part of the sky and the other part of the sky is clear. So you can clearly see, oh, that there's brightness there, but this cloud, this cumulonimbus casts a shadow as well. And you'd say, oh, wow, that is a towering cloud. Is it? And then you say, am I waiting? Is it coming our way? Is it a precursor to a storm? Uh, should I get things prepared? Uh, what is this cumulonimbus bringing, or is it just passing on its way? And you might even say, how high in the sky is that? And I'd say, well, you could, this could be up to five miles in the sky, from 1.2 to 5 miles, this cumulonimbus uh, in the sky. In kilometers, that's 2 to 8 kilometers. Uh, and it may even get lower as it if eventually comes and brings the rain and your waiting is paid off in that way. Uh, now, if you live in the U.S., you say, well, waiting, I've taken a train in the U.S. Uh, uh, with the, 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 you say, because I, you know, I always wondered, man, the U.S. must have those great trains. Uh, now, taking the train is great, but waiting for the train, we'll be honest, is not great. And I just said, Scooter, tell me about your waiting for the train so that I could, because uh, I say, okay, so this is a train that you're waiting for. Now, there's a romantic waiting. You're waiting for someone to arrive on the train you're in a romantic relationship with. Uh, there's romanticized waiting where you're watching a movie or evo- evoking something where the train is bringing something. Or you're departing on the train on either an adventure or a mystery or some sort of thing. But then there's just the waiting. And they said, okay, Scooter, tell me about the times you've waited for a train here in the USA. And he said, okay, well, I, I can think of a few. He said, well, the last train I took that wasn't a, a mass transit train in the U.S. was uh, the train that went uh, from the Bay Area to Los Angeles, which I believe is called the Coast of Starlights. But that also might be the train that goes from Los Angeles to San Diego. And I said, oh, interesting, Scooter, tell me more. And he said, well, I remember waiting for it. Uh, 
And uh, this one was a surprise, actually. It was uh, for his daughter uh, for her birthday at a certain age that Scooter doesn't remember right now. And it was a surprise, and Scooter was with his brother and his mother and his daughter. And they were going to take the train uh, for fun. Uh, and they said, hey, we'll just take the train. We're just That's what he told his daughter, that they weren't going anywhere other than a train ride to Los Angeles. And he had gotten this idea from other people he had worked with when he was a librarian that had done this with their kids. Uh, but there was a destination. So there's waiting, and Scooter's not the best at waiting. And especially, like, uh, because he had had other memories of other times. He had taken the train. He would take the train from Syracuse to New York City sometimes. And strangely enough, the train could be anywhere from, like, uh, uh, 15 minutes to six hours late. And this was pre-device era, PDE, and... uh so you either had your book or you were a grouch, uh, which Scooter probably had both, uh, or and also portable music, like to listen to music. But those are the things you wanted to do on the train. I mean, to think of a time when you had to travel and you couldn't watch a movie, oh boy, what a... Uh, and then the train ride itself was about six hours, uh, so... Yeah, uh, Scooter would be spinning his wheels, but it was at the time a very affordable way to travel between Syracuse, New York, and New York, New York. So nice they named it twice. So Scooter can recall times there. He also can recall times going to the uh, Penn Station uh, to meet people that were taking the train and, and, and waiting there. Uh, and again, this was pre-device era, so you couldn't like say, okay, what time's the train? How late is the train? I'll just go to Penn Station. You had to go there uh, when the train was supposed to get there and then just wait uh, until the train arrived. Uh, maybe you could call, but then if you were like, then what would happen if you weren't there on time uh, and your guests were had arrived? So that was one thing Scooter would do. But it was very similar if you took the bus. Uh, like, it was just a different... Oh, wait, was that Penn State? No, that's uh, Port Authority would be where you'd go to meet the bus. And then there was a, the great family train trip that, the, the, the like, uh, because Scooter's family, there's eight people total. Uh, flying by air was not a super affordable option. Like, Scooter and his family had always dreamed of going to Florida. One time they went when it was buy one, get one free air tickets, which I've never heard of, but uh, at the time that existed. Uh, and then the, they took the train one time. Now, the train from you to get to Florida, Orlando, Florida, from Syracuse, New York, uh, uh, you would take the train to New York City, and then there was a train from New York to Orlando, I believe, that stopped in Orlando. And I think all told, uh, you're talking about uh, much longer than driving. Uh, like, it's 36 hours, I think, is like the scheduled train time between the six-hour train ride and a 30-hour train ride. Uh, but there was also the waiting. Uh, there was the waiting to make sure you were going to be on time for the other train. Uh, and, and it was in the winter. And uh, 
waiting for the train was cold uh, and boring. And, and, you know, scooters are not the person. He, sometimes he would accidentally make the most of it, but he didn't always make the most of it on purpose, you know. Uh, but he can remember waiting for the train and being a little bit frowny faced, but also listening to music, uh, then waiting on the train, uh, which was a whole nother experience. Uh, and then there was getting to New York to again, Penn station. And I think the things that Scooter remembers about Penn station were like, uh, uh, there was a Blimpy's deli. That's probably where they ate. And there was a hula hands, uh, probably where people were more boisterous and having fun. Uh, and then it's probably the same when he was waiting for trains. Uh, and there's like a little wait, like it tended to be an area where you just waited. And maybe there were some seats and maybe there weren't seats. Uh, and of course, Scoot, you know, Scooter, they, like, it's like, you better stay here because you, you can't go off on your own because, uh, but he probably didn't anyway. So, well, I don't want to like, uh, walk around, uh, without, uh, and, and, but, uh, and saying, well, where did they probably, they probably ate at Blimpy's, uh, if I had to guess. Uh, because hula hands, you probably eat and drink in hula hands. So there's probably a couple other places to eat. Uh, but it's tough to, you know, picture now. And then taking the long train ride uh, all the way back to Florida, all the way to Florida, uh, and they didn't have, this was, uh, you know, just some train travels romanticized, uh, and some people like, there's a lot of good looking out of the windows, uh, but they didn't have, uh, cause you had eight kids, you just had your seats, but the seats on a long train like that are very nice. Uh, but scooter can remember not, you know, just like on a plane being like, I can't get comfortable. And then remembering waiting in line to eat at the cafe, train cafeteria where you'd like, uh, there was like a cafe car, but there's also like a cafeteria where you wait in line and you get stuff, uh, and then you take it and eat it. Uh, then, so, oh, back to Scooter, I should probably finish up the story. So Scooter, uh, took the train from Oakland to LA to Union Station, the train ride was kind of fun, but then it had some moments that were like a little bit uh, less to do. Also, there's like a sightseeing car, but the sightseeing car was kind of always busy. Like some people, I guess, that know, know uh, use it more often. They kind of either in the hangout cafe spot, they kind of put their places out or in the place where uh, the the uh, observation car, they call it, uh and they kind of st- stake out their spots. So, so it was a bit of work to try to get a spot. And then when you're with a younger kid at this time, because uh, this was pretty pod, this was before Scooter even made the podcast, uh, they would probably, uh, um, what do you call it? The, the, the uh, kids would, uh, the kids, you know, they want to walk around the train and go do stuff. Uh, so, Scooter said, well, I don't know if I'd do that again, just because there was some good views, but not a ton of good views. But then, oh, the surprise part uh, is when you take the train 
they switched, you switched from a train in LA, they took a train to Anaheim. And again, that was some waiting and Scooter wanting to try to find someplace to eat, I think, because eating on the train is not a super value. And I think they probably did eat somewhere in Union Station and then went down and got their train to Anaheim. And when dealing with someone at a scooter's level, there's also like uh, catching trains. He has dyslexia, so he mixes numbers and, and things up like that. He also doesn't ask questions or ask for help very often. But even though he doesn't ask for help, he's constantly, you know, his brain bots are constantly letting him know that he's not doing a good job at catching the right train. And all the impacts that's going to have on him and, you know, all the the non-positive things. And so, uh, you know, he can always, like, you you always want to double check and take, like, extra breaths when you're with Scooter catching trains or buses to say, okay, well, this this is definitely where we're supposed to be waiting. It's going to be fine. Let's just wait here. Let's ask and double check. Hey, is this where I catch the bus or the train? Thank you very much. Oh, do you know when it'll be here? So those are things that make me think of waiting and a train. But you may think of something different. But that is when I look at that towering cloud. You know, with rain on the bottom, but beautiful puffiness at the top. It also thinks makes me think of, you know, the... That's a little bit what it's like when I look inside Scooter and say, what kind of cloud train is inside of you? Now, this next cloud train, uh, you'd say, which one is this? You say, okay, wh- what other ones do we still... Well, there's so many to, 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 to cover, uh, but I do want to uh, uh, cover uh, Cirrus, uh uh, those are very wispy clouds, almost up in the high atmosphere. Uh, we're talking even higher than the cumulonimbus sometimes, uh, six miles, 10 kilometers in the sky. Up there with the Stratus and the Cumulus uh, is the Cirrus. Oh, like, uh. You see, is that a jet trail or is that a cirrus cloud? And I, to me, those say the sound of silence. Oh, boy. And you say, well, what do you mean when you say the sound of silence? And I'd say, well, in this case, the sound of silently waiting for a monorail. Because when I think about monorails, uh, you know, maybe mostly I think about Disney World or The Simpsons. Usually The Simpsons first uh, and then Disney World. Uh, But I think of The Sound of Silence being the idea of a monorail, that it's silently. And I say, well, what about Seattle? And I say, okay, Seattle too. I think about that as well. Uh, but I think about that silent monorail gliding around and gliding through the air, gliding on that concrete beam, uh, gliding across uh, the sky. So I think about that sound of silence. Uh, I think about the silence, the sound of silence after watching a Simpsons episode sometimes, after you've laughed, uh, and then you think, huh, what were they trying to say with that uh, mashup of uh, the Music Man and uh, 
monorail and uh, maybe a little bit of uh, Waiting for Guffman. Which came first, that episode or Waiting for Guffman? Huh, that's a good question. I don't know. Let me silently sit here and think about it. So that's one kind of silence. The other one is the silence of uh, waiting for the monorail. Like if you're at a theme park or maybe even in Seattle and you're taking a monorail for pleasure, there's a different kind of waiting there, a silence. Maybe it's not a silence uh, uh, externally, but internally, because you're probably going. Well, I guess there's two kinds of silences, the coming and the going. If you're going... You're silently uh, waiting with bated breath nearly. Oh, boy, where am I taking this monorail? To the theme park or to to a hotel to look at a gingerbread house? Or just, you know, a scooter, just walk around and look at stuff. Uh, uh, maybe, you know, they call that hotel hopping, uh, or are you just taking it to take it? Oh, that reminds me of that. Maybe in Scooter and Ray talked about this, but maybe not. There was one time uh, that so Scooter and his daughter, I don't think they were with Ray, but maybe they were. They were at Disney World, the theme park, which uh, uh, when we're recording this isn't even open. And they did a day, like, they, I think it was their last day there. They went on spring break, the two of them, a father-daughter trip. Uh, and on the last day, uh, this was a year or and a half ago, I guess, they went uh, and they said, okay, what what if we try to take every form of transportation they have at this, like, that'll be our... Uh, fun for the day, like a challenge to see. And I think they didn't decide this till halfway through the day, but Scooter had had it in his mind. What if we try to go to all four parks and take every form of transportation uh, that is possible? And she said, yeah, let's do it. Now they were staying at a hotel that had buses. So they took a bus, uh, I believe. So that was their first uh, form of transportation. Uh, And probably they went to the Studios Park. I'm just guessing at this. Uh, And from the Studios Park, they took a... uh, Would that make sense? Uh, Because I'm picturing them waiting for a bus, though. But, uh, yeah, it must make, make sense. Uh, but yeah, from there, they took a, uh, boat from the studios to Epcot center or to a hotel. And now they even have gondolas, but this was it before they had the gondolas. So that would have given them one more form of, for a future trip, I guess. Then they probably walked into, walked around Epcot Center a little bit and probably got a pineapple ice cream or, or no, what, would, what were they having back then? I don't know. They found some soft serve that they both liked. I think it probably was a pineapple soft serve. Then you could take the uh, monorail from there all the way to the Magic Kingdom but I'm pretty sure that is not what happened, so I will have to back. No, I guess what probably happened is it happened in a different order because I can picture them 
uh, at a hotel near Epcot Center. So uh, they must have gone taking a bus to the Animal Kingdom uh, from from Epcot, one of the Epcot Center hotels that they should go both from the studios to. Uh, because I remember that was like one of the first times Scooter had went to the, uh, like, uh, the customer service window and said, Hey, we tried to go on this thing yesterday and we waited for an hour and we couldn't get on. And today's our last day. Could we go on this? And they said, sure. Why not? Oh, cause they have this fast pass thing and they had used it, but like, so they said, sure. And it's a ride where you get very wet so maybe that was their last stop. I don't know. But so, but that wouldn't make sense because it was daytime. You're right. But so they took uh, the bus there. Then I guess, like, uh, this would make sense that they took then the the bus uh, from the Animal Kingdom back to, to Epcot Center. Um. No, because maybe they took one more boat. Uh, so maybe instead they took the bus to Magic Kingdom, uh, which is like a bit like Disneyland. And they took the bus there, and then they did something in Magic Kingdom. And then they left Magic Kingdom, and they took another boat, uh, a ferry boat, uh, which goes across the uh, Seven Seas Lagoon, I think it's called. And this is where we find, don't worry, we finally get to our train that looks like a cloud moment up there. Oh boy, so high in the sky, those wispy clouds. And the sound of silence is silently waiting. And in, now some people were silently waiting in anticipation. Uh, they, so you get off the ferry and then you go to get the, you could take a monorail to the Epcot Center. So there they were, Scooter and his daughter, silently waiting to then finally take the last piece of their transportation adventure, uh, which is a long, fun monorail ride uh, to Epcot Center. Uh, though the monorail seems like it wasn't even cost-effective for for them there, like where they've moved to other forms, where like these gondolas, they say, well, this makes more sense. But other people were there ending their day and uh, silent waiting. The sound of silence after being at a theme park and you're worn out. Uh, and then some people were just starting their evening. Maybe they had just flown in. Maybe it was the first uh, half of the first day of their vacation. And their sound of silence was waiting uh, to get started on their evening fun. Uh, and where Scooter and his daughter were just in the final stages of their evening and day-long adventure. And that was their sound of silence. And I guess my other point that I'm thinking is, like, uh, for me, it's the sound of silence inside me when I'm sitting there, either alone or with someone else or with one of my imaginary friends that likes to cloud watch with me. And there's a silence in my spirit and my heart and my mind as I just look up at the sky. And I see the different clouds. That day, the clouds are what they are. They're different than the day before. Maybe even 
hours before. Now I'm seeing a Stratus. Later I'll see a Cumulonimbus, maybe, I don't know. And that silence says I let my, if I can let go, and I say, well, I'd like to see a, tra-. now, just because I have a podcast about trains and clouds doesn't mean I always see clouds and uh, trains and clouds and clouds and trains. Uh, so sometimes I just sit in that sound of silence, uh, taking in a train or the cloud or taking in the empty sky saying, oh, where, oh, where could my little cloud trains be? Uh, and that's probably my favorite thing about this pastime and make being able to make this podcast is those moments uh, where I'm there and I'm taking in something that's just so amazing and that I'm so grateful for. It's also so easy for me to miss uh, or so easy for me to demand that it look like a train. But when I find that silence, uh, looking at the sky or waiting for a train or people watching and watching trains, uh, I don't know. It feels pretty good. So I'm always happy to share that with you. Good night.